Welcome to the Conductor's Notes podcast featuring David Allen Miller from WMHT.org. David Allen Miller conducts the Albany Symphony, and he provides commentary on the WMHT Live broadcast. David's commentary is full of fascinating stories about the music, the performances, and more. In order to keep the program mostly music, some of what he provides ends up on the cutting room floor. This podcast contains no music, but it does contain all of David Allen Miller's commentary from the concert broadcast on WMHT Live from WMHT-FM, your classical companion. The Conductor's Notes podcast featuring David Allen Miller's commentary for the Albany Symphony concert broadcast is made possible in part by a grant from the Aaron Copeland Fund for Music, supporting nonprofit organizations that have a history of substantial commitment to contemporary music. It turns out through some very odd accounting error that people are claiming that this is, in fact, my 25th anniversary season. I'm I'm pretty sure it's only my eighth season, but other people who are better with calendars assure me that I've now been here for 24 years, although it feels like, as we say in German, an Augenblick, the blink of an eye. So in uh, designing a 25th anniversary season, I got a lot of encouragement from a lot of different pundits and uh, musicologists and friends some of whom thought I should pick the eight or nine best concerts of my first 25 years and just repeat them. Others who thought I should focus on nine masterpieces I love. Others who thought I should only play brand new commissioned works and so on and so forth. Everybody seemed to have a view of what the ultimate powerful statement of a conductor's 25th anniversary season with an orchestra should look like. And I took all this advice uh, in, in stride and, and gave a lot of thought to, to what everybody said. And it occurred to me that what would make me the most proud and the most happy is to be a little bit of, of uh, tribute to the first 25 years that I've had with this magnificent orchestra and some of our most beloved works that we've done together that we might want to encore. But at the same time, being kind of a forward-looking guy, to really go forward and uh, continue with the kinds of, I think, very innovative and exciting programming, particularly of young composers and of new works and of commissions and of recording projects. Uh, So celebrate the past a little bit, but really look much more forward to the future uh, in our programming for the season. At the same time, there are a number of sort of great living American composers, composers either whose music we've performed a great deal or we've recorded a good deal or composers to whom I feel particularly close and have, have really you know wonderful personal relationships, as do the members of the orchestra. And I wanted, in essence, to honor a number of those fathers and mothers of mine. So, so on the season, I I sprinkled a liberal amount of my favorite sort of major American composers, composers like Christopher Rouse and John Corleano, John Harbison and Joan Tower, George Sintakis, Michael Torkey, composers who've really developed a a very close relationship with the orchestra and with me. But at the same time, uh, I wanted to feature up-and-coming composers and a great number of composers as well as performers with whom we've never worked in the past. So uh, our opening, uh, the start of the season on on September 24th, features that kind of idea. It's a a soloist with whom we've never worked before, a wonderful uh, young pianist, Natasha Paremsky, who's performed all over the world and will be playing the Ravel G major piano. Concerto, one of my absolute favorite pieces, a great masterpiece from the past, Sibelius's Fifth Symphony, uh, a work that we've done, I think, once before, but many years ago during my tenure. And to begin the entire season, a brand new work by a young composer who 
Jim's work we've played once on our Dogs of Desire program, our, our new music ensemble, but the full orchestra has never played a piece by this young composer. Her name is Rena Esmail. She's a, a recent doctoral graduate of the Yale School of Music, and uh, she is Indian-American, American-born and raised in Los Angeles, but of Indian ancestry. And as she has grown to adulthood, has really connected very closely with her Indian heritage and has begun to really explore Hindustani music. So I think in a certain way, the opening night is a very representative program, a beautiful new vocal piece for Hindustani singer, a great artist named Sali Oak, who will be joining us to sing Rina Esmael's relatively new piece, Aria, for soprano and orchestra, which employs a great deal of, of Hindustani music, particularly in the vocal lines. And then the Ravel G Major Piano Concerto with this great young artist, and then really one of my all-time favorite symphonies in the entire repertoire, Sibelius's Fifth Symphony. This is a work that Sibelius wrote in 1915, sort of in honor of his 50th birthday. He was already the, the sort of leading culture figure in, in Scandinavia and certainly in Finland. And he wrote the piece, and in typical Sibeliusian fashion, uh, he was not satisfied with it and actually revised it extensively. Well, he, re- he revised it once the following year, and then he revised it extensively four years later and actually did remarkable things. He, he took the first two movements of this four-movement piece, and he collapsed them into one movement. He actually sort of felt that their materials connected so closely that they made more sense as one big movement. So the first movement is this kind of wonderful, slow, expansive opening that leads to a a, a wonderful scherzo, a sort of fast uh, movement in three, a gorgeous, very introspective slow movement, and then one of the great uh, finales. The inspiration for the symphony, and, and one of the things that I find most chilling and most beautiful about it, is that it, it was inspired uh, by his walking out to the lake behind his beautiful house in Finland and looking up in the sky one day and seeing a flock of 16 swans flying in formation over the lake. And he said as he was watching these swans, music sort of popped into his head, and, and it becomes the beautiful trumpet theme that is kind of the culmination of the last movement of the symphony. And I must say that... that this is one of those pieces that I've always felt it's almost as if with so much, as with so much of Sibelius's music, I have the sense when I play this piece, it's a little bit like Michelangelo's sculpture that, that it, as Michelangelo would say about his sculptures, it's not that he's creating a sculpture, it's he's finding the image in the marble. And in the case of Sibelius's best music, like the Fifth Symphony, I feel like this music has always existed. It's just that Sibelius has somehow managed to pluck it from the sky or from nature uh, or from the primordial world. So here's Sibelius's Symphony Number no. 5. This is the Conductor's Notes podcast, only from WMHT-FM, your classical companion, and WMHT.org. October brings all sorts of excitement to the symphony because not only are we doing our regular subscription concert, the I guess the third weekend of October, the 21st and the 22nd, uh, but we're also doing a very special event on the 15th of October, sort of a, an election era surprise. You know, since everyone's going to be focusing way too much on the current election, we thought we'd take you back to the politics of an earlier era, a, a wonderful young American capital region-based composer named Evan Mack, who has taught at the College of St. Rose and is currently a professor at Skidmore College, has written an opera and actually has been working on this project for many years. Uh, His idea was to create an opera out of William Kennedy's great novel, Roscoe. And I'm sure a lot of the listeners have have read that book. I have now read it a couple of times. It's one of my absolute favorite uh, Bill Kennedy books. It's such a lyrical, elegant, nostalgic, kind of autumnal book about this 
aging political operative as uh, the world around him falls apart and as he kind of heads toward the end of his own life. And it's really a poignant, poignant story. But Evan has had this dream of creating an opera from Roscoe for for a number of years and uh, approached Bill Kennedy a few years back. And Bill was very amenable to the idea. Evan had written some music for it. It was very jazzy. It was very uh, topical, very up-to-date and wonderfully operatic but almost musical theater-like and, and, and just very whimsical. So uh, Bill not only blessed the project but got very much involved with the project. Uh, Evan has a librettist, but, but Bill has worked very closely with the two artists in shaping the work. And it's now been read up at Opera Saratoga. Uh, it was actually produced in its entirety, but not with orchestra, just with singers and, and, and piano up at the Siegel Colony in the Adirondacks this summer. And I went to see it. It was fantastic. And I was so impressed both both by the production, but also by, by Evan's fabulous transformation of Bill's very musical world into a, an opera. So we are giving actually the world premiere of the orchestral version of the opera. So we're doing the entire opera with full orchestra and with the entire cast. We're not staging it. I mean, it may be lightly, lightly staged and lightly costumed, but it will be basically a concert version of this fabulous new opera that's so so closely connected to our own time and place. And we're particularly honored that the great American soprano Deborah Voigt, one of the greatest singers walking the face of the planet, has agreed to star in the leading role, uh, the leading female role, obviously. And so uh, we're really looking forward to that. That's at the Palace Theater on October 15th. And that's followed a week later by a fabulous concert um, celebrating the great American composer Christopher Rouse. I kind of let him program the entire thing. And it it features a great Tchaikovsky tone poem, Francesca de Rimini, uh, Grieg's Pure Gint, Chris's favorite overture, the Donna Diana Overture by Reznicek, a fabulous, once very famous, now sort of forgotten overture that was the music for Sergeant Preston of the Yukon, and three Leroy Anderson pieces along with Chris's beautiful oboe concerto. So a scintillating piece the weekend after Roscoe. And then in November, we have uh, another fabulous program, Schumann's Fourth Symphony, uh, Handel's Water Music, and two beautiful recent works by Derek Burmel, Chris Theophanidis, some of which we're recording. And then we get to December, one of the next great uh, pillars of the season. On Thursday evening, December 8th, we are very honored, sort of as as a gift to me, I guess the board agreed to spring for the, the the big event of the year. We've invited the legendary artist Yo-Yo Ma to join us on the stage at the Palace Theater on December 8th. Uh, and he will be playing one of my absolute favorite concerti in any form, Edward Elgar's absolutely glorious cello concerto, uh, along with a program of lots of other fabulous music, uh, Wagner and Vorjak, and uh, a wonderful young composer, Connor Brown, whose music I've really grown to love great, greatly. But uh, the opportunity for us to share the stage once more with the great Yo-Yo Ma is a, is a, a singular honor. And I must say, what, what I found about working with great artists like Yo-Yo, and we have been so fortunate, not only have we worked with Yo-Yo, but we've worked a number of times with Josh Bell, with Itzhak Perlman, with other artists of that stature. But no one is is greater than Yo-Yo, just in terms of of sheer artistry. And what working with an artist like that does for an orchestra is that it just lifts all of us to that absolute 
top world-class level. And, and, you know, one of the things I'm most proud of at the Albany Symphony is that just the sheer quality level of our playing has developed so dramatically through the years, partly because we've hired a great number of fabulous new musicians, but also I think it's largely because of the exposure we've had to, to artists like Yo-Yo who just elevate us and, and show us what's possible. Uh, also, you know, artists like Emmanuel Axe and, and Andre Watts and, and great artists like that, Yevim Bronfman. So we've had, had the great privilege of working with the greatest artists of the day, but none greater than Yo-Yo, who's such a, an amazing humanist as well as, um, as a great artist. So Elgar Cello Concerto, December 8th, with the great Yo-Yo Ma. That will be an absolute high point of my year, and I hope everyone will come out and join us for it. This is the Conductor's Notes podcast, only from WMHT-FM, your classical companion, and WMHT.org. The Conductor's Notes podcast, featuring David Allen Miller's commentary for the Albany Symphony concert broadcast, is made possible in part by a grant from the Aaron Copeland Fund for Music, supporting nonprofit organizations that have a history of substantial commitment to contemporary music. January promises to be one of the programs that I'm, I'm most excited about and most proud of. Um, not only does it feature a, a brilliant Russian pianist who, who has never played with us before and seldom appears in the U.S. I had the great privilege of working with him in Vietnam a couple of years ago and was so impressed by him, I invited him immediately to join us. His name is Ilya Rashkovsky, uh, and he'll be playing the great Tchaikovsky Piano Concerto Number 1. But the reason I'm particularly excited and, and proud about this concert is that it features one of the great symphonies of the 20th century, John Corleano, great American composer, actually with whom we've had a very close relationship. It was a recording of his percussion concerto, Conjurer, that won us a, a Grammy a few years back. And that was one of the signal exciting, exciting events of my, of my tenure in Albany. But John Corleano in 1985 wrote a piece a major piece, his symphony number one, called Of Rage and Remembrance. Uh, And it was, in essence, a a musical requiem for all of his dearest, closest friends and loved ones whom he had lost to the scourge of AIDS, which, of course, was still very much rampant in the mid-1980s. And so it's come to be known sort of as the AIDS symphony, and uh, it's been played all over the world and recorded three times, actually most recently by me with a wonderful training orchestra in Maryland, the National Orchestra Institute. But we'll be doing a complete performance of John Corleano's monumental Symphony Number no. 1 of Rage and Remembrance, one of the great, great works of the 20th century. So I'm very proud about that. And then in February, we welcome a, a brilliant young guest conductor, Karina Kanalakis, who's just making her way in the world and is being engaged by all the major orchestras. We're delighted to have her. She's playing a, a beautiful program of Brahms, Beethoven, and Jennifer Higdon in March, a program that's very close to my heart because it's featuring three world premieres by my dear friend Michael Torkey, which I'll come back to in a moment, as well as a, a beautiful Bach cantata with great young singers from Bard College and Mozart's G minor Symphony Number no. 40. And then finally, ending sort of the regular season, Beethoven's Ninth Symphony in April, featuring our dear friends Albany Pro Musica. We're always excited to work with them, but also a brand new work by my my great friend George Syntakis in honor of my 25th anniversary, and uh, a fanfare by Joan Tower. So again, two composers I feel very, very close to and who've done a lot, I think, to help put the Albany Symphony on the map through our performances of their music. 
And then finally, the last culminating event of of this season, as always with each of our seasons in the past few years, uh, we end in the very beginning of June, the first weekend in June, with our American Music Festival. I think the subscription concert is Saturday, June 3rd, uh, and it features a couple of pieces that I'm very excited about. Christopher Theophanidis, great Greek-American composer, uh, who is um, our mentor composer this year. We're playing uh, a work of his in, uh, in November, and we're ending the season with a beautiful violin concerto with the, the brilliant violinist Chi Yun, who's been with us only once before many years ago. We'll be recording that gorgeous piece. And then also uh, the, the world premiere of a brand new concerto uh, for Hindustani clarinet and orchestra by our, our, our educator partner, another one of our resident composers, Rina Esmael, who I mentioned earlier in the program is opening the season. Uh, she's writing a new folk, Indian folk clarinet concerto for this amazing young internet sensation Indian clarinetist Shankar Tucker. So that'll be a really exciting capstone to the season and to the American Music Festival. The Dogs of Desire will also play on the festival and there'll be lots and lots of other exciting recitals and performances and ensemble events and such. So I hope people will look forward to announcements about the festival as it takes shape. But uh, I just wanted to play one more piece uh, for you now. Uh, this is a, a brand new recording. In fact, I think this is the first time this piece will have been played on WMHT and perhaps on any radio station. Uh, it was just released at the very beginning of September. It's uh, a recording of two major new Michael Torkey pieces that the Albany Symphony commissioned with the help of our dear sponsor and friend, Paul Underwood, uh, a beautiful cello concerto uh, called Winter's Tale and a beautiful piano concerto called Three Manhattan Bridges. And the recording on Albany Records was made possible by a a significant gift by our dear friend, Marcia Nickerson, longtime member of our viola section, now retired. And uh, this is just a great, great recording of two major new Michael Torkey works. Uh, Three Manhattan Bridges, as it sounds, is an homage to Michael's adopted city of New York. York. Uh, He lives now right near the 59th Street Bridge, but his idea was to sort of depict almost Gershwin style, uh, a sort of New York world uh, as evoked through this image of these three major thoroughfares leading people into the great city of New York. So here the world premiere uh, recording of uh, um, a work commissioned and premiered by the Albany Symphony, something that we are so proud of and uh, a part of our DNA that we really embrace this idea of bringing great new works into the world by my dear friend Michael Torkey. This is Three Manhattan Bridges, performed by the Albany Symphony, conducted by me, David Allen Miller. Thanks for listening to the Conductor's Notes podcast featuring David Allen Miller of the Albany Symphony Orchestra from WMHT-FM, your classical companion, and WMHT.org.